0: The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department.
1: Good afternoon and good evening and welcome back. It is episode 36 of the 10A podcast. What is going on? In the words of Bill Lumberg, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? My name is Officer Y. How you guys doing? I hope you guys are in the mood for forensics. But before we get too far into today's episode, guys, I want to talk about street cop training. I know I've talked about street cop training a lot. But I want to take a minute and really just dial it in. Street Cop Training is quite possibly, in my opinion, the single best law enforcement training company out in the game right now. If you haven't heard of them, you must not have been listening to me. Um, I've had Dennis Benino, the head motherfucker in charge, as my first guest, and I did that for a reason. I've had Kenny Williams on. Uh, he is the interdiction mastermind, the Red Ninja. I've had Nick Wilson on, who is with the Resiliency Project, but his class is now going to be a street cop class. Um, in the future, I'm going to have Jeff Smith, Tom Rizzo, a bunch of amazing instructors. I've gone to so many of their classes. I've gone to Dennis Benino's Proactive Patrol Techniques. I've gone to Kenny Williams. I've gone to Mike Vaccaro's class, which is map training, which is uh, mall, airport, parking lot, and parcel training, more interdiction training. Uh, it's just it's insane it's it's great guys great stuff you need to check it out if you haven't what are you waiting for they even bro they are going nationwide they just announced the other day their first class in california which is huge absolutely insane and amazing it's going to be kenny williams it's going to be the interdiction mastermind and it's in october 2021 check it out it's great They've been in all these different states and they're just continuing to roll out. I think they got like 25 instructors out there right now. It is bananas. You need to check it out. Also, I, I know I've talked about it before. They've got the Street Cop Conference coming up in October. It's going to be the fourth through the eighth, and it's in Atlantic City. So that is just going to be insane in and of itself. But then you factor in their guest list, they've got Tommy Laren, Tim Kennedy all these amazing people that are just going to sit there talk to you inspire you and get you going plus all their instructors are going to be there too dishing out exclusive content and exclusive training you don't want to miss it so if you haven't already check out the street cop training facebook group you just need to provide your law enforcement identification or There's also the street cop training private Instagram group for law enforcement only, and you can check all that out. And there is tons of training on those platforms too. You can also go to StreetCop.com and find out all about their trainings that are coming up. You don't want to miss this boat. They are the best game in town. Dennis Benino is changing training for policing. He is making policing great. Again, you need to check it out. I've been to the trainings. I know it's great. And every time I leave, it's like whatever momentous rally cry you need, that is it. That is what their instructors do. They just instill life into law enforcement. You need to check it out. But for now, we're going to change gears back to the episode we have at planned. And we're going to talk about Laura Zinn. She is uh, a jack of all trades in the world of forensics. She's worked for two uh, separate law enforcement agencies in South Florida. She is also uh, partnered with TriTech Forensics, and she is a forensics professor also down in South Florida. So a lot of great expertise coming your way in just a few moments. So again, hope you guys are in the mood for it because it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a lot of information coming at you. So buckle up and stay tuned. But before you get there... I want to welcome you guys back. I want to thank everybody for their tremendous support between the Dr. Delery episode and the Poorly Made episode. (laughs) They're all Poorly Made episodes, but um, I'm... Did
0: you see the memo about
1: this? Uh, No. (laughs) The episode with Poorly Made Police memes last week. uh, Great reactions, great responses. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel good. makes me feel like what I'm doing um, is being well-received. And, you know, when I say... Well, I'm not really feeling like doing the episodes. I'm not trying to get your pity or, you know, your sympathy or anything. Or like, hey, you know, review me more. That's not what I'm saying either. Um, just being honest with you guys. I like being honest with you guys. So, yeah, that's that's it. But I really appreciate your feedback. I personally think both of those episodes were great. And, uh, you know, the guests, um, much like the hits, keep on coming. And they don't stop coming till they... Hit the ground running. Anyway, <laughs> random Smash Mouth quotes aside, um, we do have a lot of great shows coming up. Uh, we've got some Bra- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coming up in the future. We've got some uh, a street cop training uh, instructor coming up, and of course my big episode with Grady Judd. I can't wait. So glad you guys are all. Uh, on board for all that. But let's talk about current events and what's going on in the world of 108. I am just back from vacation. So, you know, I've got that post-vacation depression going on, but it's whatever. Uh, the two weeks were much needed. Um, spent it down in South Florida, uh, Southwest Florida, I guess if we're being specific. Um, spent a day at SeaWorld Aquatica with the fam. That was great. Fam, girlfriend, all that. Good times. Spent a couple days at different breweries. Uh, Shout out to Calusa Brewing and Good Liquid Brewing, two of my favorite breweries in that area. Uh, There's plenty of them though. Cycle Brewing, uh, Cigar City, those are two others. Those are on the bigger side. But uh, yeah, just Love them all. Love a good craft beer when I can have one. So, as far as the world of policing, you know, I've been kind of away from it for two weeks. I haven't really worked. The last day I worked was uh, at a baseball game, so not really even uh, police-related. I got to tell you though, those those special off-duty gigs where you get to really just relax for a few hours. um, Obviously, you know, we're you know. Right now, an academy instructor is losing his mind, going "You never relax. You're always at code orange." Blah blah. Chill. <laughs> I'm just saying, a few hours making sure everybody behaves at a baseball game is nice. Okay, we're allowed to enjoy the job. We don't always have to be like uh, going crazy about it. So it was nice. Um, so that being said, though, I don't really have a lot to put in. You know, I've been away from Instagram, been away from news and social media and nonsense and nastiness and whatever's going on in the world. I know Fauci's got something. I know LeBron lost in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, I don't care. Um, You know, my life is going to continue to move uh, even if I hit the mic and even if those people exist and, you know, work counterintuitively. Something that I did want to bring up, though, Uh, The other day I was coming home from the gym and I was driving down the road and a local PD was coming out of a uh, uh, convenience, not convenience store, strip mall parking lot. One was coming in, one was coming out. And as I passed, they come out, lights on. I'm like, oh shit, was I speeding? So I like, all right, I'm going to pull over. I'm in the right lane, uh, outside lane, slow lane, whatever. Uh, And they're coming up behind me. So, and there was a car behind me. So that car pulls over and the guy's still coming at me with lights on. So I was like, all right, yeah, he's coming after me. I must've been speeding. My bad. So I pull over and then he keeps going. He was res- responding license sirens to a call. But so he comes up to this intersection and instead of taking the open turn lane to cut the intersection, he just stays in the slow lane, in the right lane that is already being occupied and all three other travel lanes are being occupied It's a red light. So what do you want the car in front of you to do? So for my, my friends, my brothers, my sisters in blue, um, let's try to be cognizant about how we're driving. I'm no, (laughs) anyone that knows me, I am in, I am no way, uh, a a driving instructor, but let's be, why, why are we going to take the most difficult route? To clear an intersection when you have an open lane available just be thinking and i think i don't know who was driving that car i don't know the guy i don't know what was on his mind i don't know what he was responding to so this is where you know and i said last episode that we have to be careful not to monday morning quarterback or blue falcon each other but you know we want to be better we want to be more efficient we want to serve our communities better um so let's work on that um and what i would say is that the guy probably had tunnel vision and he didn't see that open lane, and he just went to the uh, what he was on—the the inside lane or the outside lane. So just keep that in mind. Work on breaking tunnel vision. Breathe. Um, you know, I I get very serious when I'm driving. Priority. Um, again, let's go back to why I'm not a driving instructor. <laughs> I need to pay attention. But you know, when when you're when you're responding, you know, breathe um, talk to yourself. Don't sound like an idiot because your body camera's on. Trust me, I've, I've seen it. Um, but no, just, you know, say, all right, you know, where do I have to go? What do I need? Blah, 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 blah. Just whatever you need to do to break the tunnel vision that we get, you got to work on it. You got to work on, um, performing under stress. Um, so, you know, if you can, I don't know, you got to figure out ways to do that. Get your blood pressure up, get your heart rate up, and perform well under stress. Just, just some food for thought. Like I said, I don't really have a lot to tr- contribute today about all that, but just something I thought I'd share with you guys. Anyway, without further ado, um, we're gonna go into the conversation. We're gonna, we're gonna not be first responders. We're gonna be last responders, and we're gonna talk about forensics and dead bodies and crime scenes and is actually very interesting um, if you are a patrol guy if you're not a detective if you are a detective this is stuff you need to know because I am a crime scene tech uh, I've been a crime scene tech for about three years so half of my career already so I, I see things from a different way I can see things from the police angle I can see things from the patrol I work hand in hand with detectives so I see things that way but I also see things from the crime scene angle, and a lot of guys and girls don't see the crime scene angle. They just, you know, they show up, take their pictures, collect some evidence, and move on. But there's a lot that goes into it. The ones that are really good, like Laura, they do the schooling, they have uh, specialized training, they are experts. Don't fuck with them, (laughs) to put it kindly you know, just keep that in mind. So that's what I really hope you guys take from this uh, conversation and you learn a little bit and hopefully the same way when we did the Bunker Bitches episode and everyone was like, wow, I never really thought of my dispatchers in this way. I hope you guys will start looking at your crime scene texts the same way too. So without further ado, I will let Ben Folds lead us into the conversation with Miss Laura Zinn. Start today's conversation a little bit differently. We do, you know, police all the time. We talk mental health all the time. But now we're going back to like the real crime, the true crime, crime scene. And we have Laura. Hello. How are you?
0: Hey, good. How are you?
1: Not too bad. Now, this is a topic, crime scene and forensics. This has been a topic that people have wanted for a while. So I'm glad we're Mm -hmm. finally getting the conversation. Um, I've got, so I've got crime scene as well. I've noticed that this there's a trend where there's a lot less sworn or certified crime scene techs out there. Everyone, yeah. you know, a lot of agencies are going the civilian side with it. Um, but I, on the other hand, I am certified as a law enforcement officer, but I also do crime scene. So I, when I started my page and started making memes, I had a lot of crime scene techs kind of funnel in through you know things different um crime scene uh meme pages and things like that and that's kind of where our um you know internet friendship kind of started was for sure this uh mutual following and, and humor and stuff so yeah a lot of people wanted me to talk someone about forensics and and i'm glad that we uh got to have you on today
0: oh i'm happy to be here yeah i i know that quite a few of your memes i was like um this this cop knows a little bit too much about our (laughs) i mean we all have gallows humor i think in law enforcement but the csis we just take it like a little bit further because we like to put fun at the cops too because you know if there's a decomp we run in detectives run out (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah oh
1: yeah for sure so. and i mean i'm i'm kind of like that that happy medium that little gray mm-hmm. area where because i'm like all right yeah i'll go in like if i get called out for a scene yeah i don't yeah. mind getting extra sweaty and you know spending too much time with the decomp or whatever <laughs> but if it's in the middle of my shift and i'm still in full uniform it's like all right i got to deal with this for 12 hours i'm Yikes. gonna rush out yeah so it it and I've even talked to my administration like, hey, can we get like a lighter uniform for when I am on call or whatever? But it's like not mm-hmm. not a trending thing. But so let's start before we get too too far off the rails. I always do that. Um, I had a conversation That's once okay. we were we were like 40 minutes in and I still hadn't introduced the person. Uh, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and uh, we'll go from there.
0: Okay, so I've been a crime scene investigator since 2010. And um, I got my master's degree in a really long title that sounds kind of snotty, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, anyways. Cool. So it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, I know. It's criminal forensic studies with a concentration in medical legal death investigation with a specialty in human identity and trauma analysis. Okay. So what that means is forensic anthropology. I studied through my bachelor's with you know um, the forensics and I ended up choosing this really awesome woman to mentor me. She's a pretty prominent forensic anthropologist in Florida mm. here and somewhat internationally as well and then she accepted me and like only three other people into her graduate program and because she was new to the university because she came from uf Mm -hmm. um she didn't really have all of her ducklings yet so i got to start doing casework way too soon by happenstance so i was working on real forensic anthropology cases my junior year of college and You know, I graduated with my master's in the 2008-2009 recession. Mm -hmm. So I actually had aspirations outside of crime scene. Like I wanted to be a federal agent. And uh, the only reason why I was going to do that was to fund my PhD in anthropology. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Right. But then there was the government hiring freeze. So... Um, I had been working a lot at the medical examiner's office down in Broward County, mm-hmm. and one of the death investigators remembered my work, and she knew that there was an opening at a local city, and she's like, "Apply. You might. You'd be really good at crime scene. You know, it's your It's your degree, anyways."
1: Right. Right.
0: And then I was hired out of two hundred applicants, which oh wow, I do think is kind of cool, especially if cool. I had yeah. I think it was just even though I didn't have employment experience, the field experience kind of filled in the blanks.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. and um, since then I have worked for TriTech Forensics and I have been invited to come back to that same university and I'm a professor there now for crime scene investigation and they have me teach a few other little sporadic classes in there so that and yeah just I'm on the FEMORS team like I mentioned which is our mass fatality response team in Florida so things like the pulse shooting or really, really large death Mm -hmm. uh, is what femors is for.
1: Very cool. And we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll kind of touch on all that a little bit. Um, It's kind of interesting because, you know, you and I, we've never met in person, but we kind of run in the same circles, but in opposite sides of Florida. And when you're talking uh about UF and uh, we have a death and injury conference up here in, uh, in my area uh, every Mm. year in around September, and I've met some of the um, UF, instructors they actually i am currently holding a forensics medicine uh master's class pen from uf oh, that i got from that right. ma- yeah so it's it's very interesting that we actually kind of run in the same circles as far as that because the crime scene community isn't all that i mean if it's expansive but you know yeah. it's very integrated and and lots of networking to be done there so i'm sure the people you've talked you're talking about are people that i've met as in vice versa yes
0: yeah, so i'm sure you know jason bird then um, yes. No. That yeah. Sounds
1: very, okay. That sounds very familiar.
0: Yeah, he's running the Maples Center for Forensic Medicine now. Okay. And I've actually been participating in a little bit of instructing at UF as well. Um okay. we're working on professoring me there, but because of COVID, they've had to decrease class sizes. So right. then they we were having me TA and I was like, mm, I'm not a very good second. I'm a better first. <laughs> so All Right, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, we do know a lot of the same people. I think because you know, like forensics is big, small, right? There's a, there's, it's a, it's a large handful, but it's still just a handful.
1: Right. And I think, I mean, you can, you'll know better than, than I, but isn't UF one of like the premier spots in the, in the area or I don't know country as far as forensics goes.
0: For sure. Um, You know, there's lots of other universities in Florida. We're actually quite fortunate Um, UCF and FGCU, Mm -hmm. Um, are particularly amazing for forensics. UF has, you know, the anthropology roots mm-hmm. as does yeah. FGCU. And then, you know, there's um, other programs, but those two are kind of the ones that have been highlighted. For a little while, USF had somebody, but I'm not quite sure if she's still there. But I know that Jason Bird, who we just was, um, were referring to, he's like the most amazing forensic entomologist okay yeah like at all so if you're mm-hmm. if you are down with bugs that's where you're gonna you know? <laughs> go right
1: right yeah yeah not not down for the bugs yeah, yeah of course i we're talking about that death and injury uh, mm-hmm. conference there's always the bug com the <laughs> bug seminar always comes up and i'm like i'm yeah. not interested but it is interesting you know things like that so yeah. in in the realm of forensics where do you kind of focus on what is your preference what do you like doing the
0: most so interesting you should say that the reason why i actually left my first agency is because well what i always tell people is what was right about my first agency was wrong with my second agency Mm -hmm. and what was right with my second agency was wrong with my first so at the first place i worked we had basically like an unlimited budget. We had every machine. We had an MVAC, we had premier crime scene vehicles. We had an, like a big response vehicle of our own. We had anything and everything that we wanted, mm-hmm. but I like 90% of my job was fucking burglary. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I didn't go to college for six and a half years because you forgot to lock your door. Okay, right. like right. I just, and it's not that I don't care about those victims. It's just, it wasn't what made me happy. Right. So I like violent crime to investigate. That's sure. where I feel like I'm the most use. And of course, whenever there was a bones case, you know, I'm yeah. all about that because yeah, that's my roots. Sure. So mm-hmm. and then like, you know, my second agency, I didn't even have a measurement wheel and and they told me to make my crime scene sketches in Microsoft Word. However, I had several homicides a week and it was just like the best learning experience like ever. Yeah, for sure.
1: And you know, it's funny you say that because as a crime scene tech right now, Mm -hmm. I love getting called out for the, the, the violent crimes. Hey, we got a shooting, you know, things like that. Um, I actually sometimes feel like I'm a little limited in my, both my knowledge and ability, but I like those scenes cause I get to learn everything. Cause I don't have the schooling like you do or other people on my team do, but I like learning that way. But what I don't like, and, and, and I'm sure you're going to back me up on this is when they call you to a car break or a burglary or something like that to do and process everything that the patrol officer standing next to you could do. Like there was, there was one where they were, they, they asked me to process um, for fingerprints like 30 packets of cigarettes. And I'm like, Every when you guys sign up they give you a fingerprint kit. Like everybody that signs mm-hmm. up can do this. And I was like, sure, let's let's go ahead and do this. And as soon as my shift knew that I had the big fancy camera, every every crime that was out there like, "Hey, we need good pictures of this."
0: Yeah, and you know, and for you it's probably much better than it is for us as civilian employees mm-hmm. because there is kind of depending on where you work and the culture That difference of the police academy is huge. I mean, you have some officers and some detectives that treat you very much like an equal and they respect your knowledge and your skills Mm -hmm. and your education and your expert opinion. And then you have some people that are just like, if you're not sworn, you're not born and all that bull crap. (laughs) That's so stupid. It is. And, you know, I'm a little bit sassy. So um, as much as I love what, like, you know, the law enforcement system, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that I went to college instead of a five month police academy. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I apologize that, you know, there's a discrepancy there. But
1: we
0: have huge issues to your point about photography. Yeah. Every city event is apparently crime scene's responsibility.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Swearing ins. I mean, even citizen patrol events like Mm-hmm. the chief like on a whim can like i've literally been pulled off of a crime scene to take pictures of something that the chief wanted. there is a literal city photographer assigned to both places I work like somebody whose exclusive job is to take photographs and they're like yeah. nope crime scene can do it because we yeah. don't have evidence to process or reports mm-hmm. to write or lab submission forms to do or how about this driving our own evidence down to the lab like, right. And all these so, so it was just really I felt like it was a little bit disrespectful. Sure. To our job.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, just generally speaking, law enforcement mm-hmm. does it to ourselves. We disrespect each other. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's in jest, but first off, a lot of truth is said in jest. But also, you know, when when you have someone who is specialized, like like you with a crime scene tech or or mm-hmm. anybody like a crime analysis, anyone like that, we don't give them the due respect that they yeah. deserve. And, and we do that to ourselves and it's, it's unnecessary because we all work on the same team. That's, that's my opinion mm-hmm. of it.
0: Yep, we do. And you know, um, when I'm teaching my college students, I make, try to make them very aware that the personality of the chain of command and the detective that you're working with is going to vary so much that you can, I mean, I've had detectives specifically indicate every action that I took and then I've had them be like you're the CSI Mm -hmm. and so I share with the students there's an article um, that I can give to you and it's called you know why CSIs deserve a seat at the table because you know there's always a debriefing where we go where like detectives and the chain of command like we'll go over everything that happened and the future plans and what are we going to do with this and that and the first place I worked we weren't really included in that unless it was very evidence specific scene, but the second place, every single time we were made to feel like our seat at the table was just as valuable as everybody else's, so even though like I might not have had all the tools that necessarily I would like, mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. much more valuable there, and that nice. made me more it's like if you feel appreciated, you just generally do a better job absolutely <laughs> you know
1: yeah, for sure That's, that goes across the board,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and
1: there's there's sometimes where I'll get called into a scene and it's not my typical squad but they everyone knows me but they'll say oh crime scene's here whatever he needs give him what he needs right and then then there's others where it's like all right just take the picture so we can go and it's like
0: am i (laughs) oh my gosh i had a homicide on a golf course once because the golf course was adjacent to a restaurant that i won't mention because then everybody will know um and basically A man was leaving the restaurant and this gang he had offended pulled up and started firing at him. And he fled into the golf course, but his body ended up falling like on the green. Mm -hmm. And so it was closed because we were doing our investigation. And of course, it's hell because the projectiles had gone into a effing golf course.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is, I mean, it's literally impossible, but you still have to get out the metal detector. You still have to do your best to look. Yeah. And the chief called my supervisor every hour because the golf course was calling them constantly. Cause they wanted to open back up that hole. Like somebody died. Right. Like can, oh, that's,
1: can... <laughs> that's, that's gotta be the worst. that or the nosy neighbor. I think those two things are the worst. It's like, oh we had the God. one, we had one where a guy got hit by, it was like a road rage incident got ran over or whatever. The mm-hmm. body gets chucked, you know, the car kicks it off to the side of the road mm-hmm. and it landed against somebody else's car that just happened to be parked on the street mm-hmm. and this is in the middle of the night, but at five, six o'clock in the morning, the guy's like, Hey man, I got to get to work. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Give us oh, yeah, the, 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 the guy right there. You know, he's kind of, you going to be a little late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. It's and sometimes like that kind of stuff gets difficult. Like when it involves like children and mothers mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. You know, hospital employees, like there's always kind of this intermingling and the difference between you being a human being and you being a tool to collect evidence to find the truth of what happened. So the nosy neighbor is just all the more obnoxious when you've got like maybe a grieving parent or Mm -hmm. a grieving child and then somebody's peeking. hey, is everybody okay over here?
1: Right. Yeah,
0: they're great. That's, oh, wh- that's why the murder police are here. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you see like the amount of police that are here? Like...
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, we had a, an overdose in a, in a hotel mm-hmm. very common these days and I show up and now I drive a police car just like everybody else, obviously. But when I'm off duty and get called in, I put, I get to put on my crime scene shirt. So I walk out and police crime scene right across the back mm-hmm. and a lady goes is everything okay i'm like if i'm here it's not okay
0: like you know what i mean <laughs> that's actually a good answer
1: <laughs> yeah like like there's a reason why a guy with the shirt and the camera showing up and it's not you know not a photo op and it's just you know i try to be this person was actually like nice but still nosy so yeah. she got she got a mix of the sarcasm and and the customer service side of me but it's just
0: mm.
1: it's so it's frustrating it definitely is
0: So we had, um, there's a very, very popular 50 plus community here Mm -hmm. and this 50 plus community, like the buildings go on for miles Mm -hmm. and every building has a captain. Mm
1: -hmm. And because
0: it's 50 plus people die in there like all the time and you don't necessarily find them right away because sometimes these people don't have family. And if it's a decomp, we always have to kind of treat it like a homicide or a question dash. Sure, sure. So then we all pull up and then if I never heard for the rest of my life again, hey, I'm the building captain, what's going on here? I would die a happy person. <laughs> like your responsibility is to like make sure the trash chute is clean and that nobody's like living here under 50. Like please calm yourself.
1: Right, like, right. <laughs> you
0: <know? laughs>
1: that's just as bad as like apartment security like yeah, apartment, yeah, uh, yeah it's just like uh you know i got i got my little radio here what's what's going on i heard on the scanner
0: stop, bro. <laughs> stop. It's like, yeah. well, like sorry yeah. paul blart
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so when you when you show up on a scene and mm-hmm. you know whatever the case may be what are some things that those that work the road you know patrol the first responders that were there What are some things that they can do to make your life easier?
0: Okay, great question. So this question has an asterisk on it, or this answer, Mm -hmm. I mean, has an asterisk on it. Don't fucking touch the weapon unless somebody (laughs) is actually in danger. Like it's actually dangerous. Like I can't tell you how many times guns, knives, whatever was in like the back of the police car
1: because Uh that made it Uh safe. Okay, is this
0: secure? Like you don't need to be making guns safe. You need to make sure that the situation is safe. Like don't touch it because it actually really matters sometimes.
1: Yeah, like how it lies and things like that. Especially like a suicide, a a suicide Mm -hmm. air quotes. Right. We had one like that, and the you know the guy's like, "Hey man, uh, the gun was on his lap, but I made it safe." Well, unless he's a zombie, it's still safe. It doesn't matter if it's in his hand; it's still safe.
0: And I feel like that's why I put an asterisk on it because yeah. I do understand that safe like safety always overrides anything else. So if mm-hmm. a situation is truly like like we don't like it then okay, then move it. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, there has been, like, no times for that, where it was and actually And I was going to say, at the, <laughs> the point
1: where, at the point where crime scene or forensics gets involved, mm-hmm. it's going to be a safe scene. It's not going to be... Yeah, we're uh, not first responders. ...something else.
0: Another thing would be, listen, like, I'm not a shrinking violet, but I still am an unarmed person. hmm And I get very uncomfortable on these violent crime scenes when I'm left, like, completely alone. Mm-hmm because if something happens i literally can do nothing and that even goes into wussy stuff like burglaries just because somebody's a victim doesn't mean they're not awful and i have had victims be horrible to me including being aggressive including being perverted including just Mm. proximity and like including telling me how to do my job while i'm trying to process a scene right so if, especially if your CSI is a civilian, like protect them. Like I can't speak for everybody, but that was a thing for me. Like I hated when a cop like sat in their car and left like three or four victims in a scene or like outdoors, like where this this huge, like, you know, shooting scene and you don't even know if it's possible to secure everything. I just didn't like being left alone. Um, and then detective wise, like, The way you can be a CSI's best friend is two ways. They seem like they might contradict each other, but they really don't. Don't micromanage me Mm -hmm. and tell me what you want like as soon as you know you want it because what'll happen sometimes is they're doing an interview and then they'll hear something and then they'll wait till the end of the interview, which could be like hours. Mm -hmm. And then what they want is already gone. Yeah. And then guess who gets bitched at?
1: Right. The Us, CSI because, that didn't read his mind.
0: Right. And it's not even like that, like where the detective comes at it, but it's like there's this just passive aggressive, like, I don't know, just be clear. Like send the text. You guys are always texting through your stupid interview anyways. I've seen you on your phone because your lieutenant's sending you, oh, ask him about this. Text your CSI and be like, hey, make sure mm-hmm. that you like... I mean, I had a scene where they found out it was a strangulation. Okay, well, body snatchers already came. Mm-hmm. And if he's at the ME, he's getting washed because we right. didn't know it was a homicide at the time. So it's right. just like, you know, you, you just don't micromanage me. Trust me to do my job unless I've proven myself untrustworthy because don't get me wrong, there's some crappy CSIs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. And I will leave that open-ended. <laughs> but, <laughs> if I'm good at my job, just leave me alone. Oh, and don't forget about us when you order food for everyone.
1: Hmm. That's very true. They yeah, always just
0: forget about CSI.
1: Just because your guys are out there getting dirty and whatever, you know, you still, yeah. still want in on that pizza.
0: Well, it's not even that. Like, they'll forget. Like, they'll order pizza enough for everyone, but they'll forget to have us stop what we're doing to also eat. And I like food. <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> the scene security, the things you were talking about, that. Like, that's just so important. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of, like, we had a we had a homicide in in the middle of a neighborhood in the middle of the day. And it's like everyone was kind of all lackadaisical and stuff. And you're yeah. as, a, as a crime scene guy, you're focused or or girl you're, you're focused on the scene and the evidence and, and all that. Mm-hmm. You're not looking around and making sure that someone's not walking up on you and things like that. And mm-hmm. especially something as volatile as like a drive by shooting. You don't know if there's going to be a retaliation while you're standing yeah. out there, things like that. Yes. And that's always been a big fear of mine. Is like, oh, Hey, God. I'm focused on this. And I don't I don't know about you but I do, I don't wear my vest when I'm doing crime scene stuff because it's so cumbersome.
0: You can't really. Like they issue right. them but you really can't. There's too much bending down like it's mm-hmm. it's impossible. Yeah. to wear it. So,
1: so yeah, I that that would always be my big thing is like, you know, cause, and mm-hmm. it's different. I am sure it's different for me because they they know I'm sworn and they're like, "Oh, you can handle yeah. yourself." But yeah. I'm focused on evidence, you know collection and things like that yeah. i'm not focused on my surroundings at that moment
0: no you're not in a state of mind for that your your job is something else at that mm-hmm. point Like you have mm-hmm. a different directive yeah i mean and that has happened i've definitely been processing a shooting investigation and then i could hear like the retaliation the mm-hmm. and then still on this first scene and hear the third one Mm-hmm. And we knew it was all related because we had like a CI telling like the, at the time, like this is happening because of the subsequent things. Yeah. And it was super scary. Yeah. <laughs> it for was sure. really
1: we... Close. yeah. we had a, uh, a shooting. It was an officer involved shooting and they were like, Hey, I need you to stand by the gun. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll stand by the gun. And, Cause they were calling, um, like my agency, we have full-time crime scene and we have part-time. I'm one of the part-timers. And so they're like, yeah, we're calling full-time out. You're going to assist them when they get here. But for now, just stand by the gun. I said, cool. Yeah. Left me alone. And I just start hearing shots pop off around me. I'm mm-hmm. like, here it goes. Here yeah. it comes. And it's just, you know, it's, it is. And I was in uniform and I had my vest on and I had a gun and everything. So I could just imagine someone in your position, yeah, none of the above. And yeah, that's that's a very important thing that we need to remember.
0: yeah. and you know you always have your favorite cops that like when you show up to a scene and you're like, "Oh, thank God. And then you have these scenes when you show up and you're like, "Oh, this motherfucker. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a guy that was so effing lazy that he called CSI out for everything. And he would lie on the radio about what the scene entailed to get us out there. Mm-hmm. And then our supervisor didn't have our back when the lie like was materialized to say, no, that's not their role and pull us back. Uh-huh. He was always the one to be like, oh, well, you're already there. OK, well, yeah. I have I am 30 cases deep right now. So how about you take one less off of me? No, nope, that's not how it works. We have to do the dog and pony show. So right, there's right. always those officers where you're like, can you please just, you make twice my salary, sometimes three times. Could you please at least do an a monicum of your job so that I don't have to? Yeah, And that's sure. me being sassy. Because again, I should probably speak like more about like positive, like <laughs> I have a few cops where I was just stoked. When I got there, I knew everything was done. It was going to mm-hmm. be a good conversation. <laughs> they were going right. to help me if I needed help measuring. Yeah. That's another thing. Help your CSI measure if they're alone.
1: Yeah. That's it's hard that's to do it by answer. yourself. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do a lot of things by yourself. If you're doing mm-hmm. crime scene forensics, you know, the, the way I do it is I'll always have like a pocket full of gloves. I'll carry all my ev- mm-hmm. evidence envelopes with me. Mm-hmm. I'll get my markers and it's all just like me carrying all these things. And I feel like, you know, Peter Parker running through the school, holding all his books, like yeah. someone to be like, Hey man, you need a hand. Cool. Hold oh these. My God, that would, that. that would make the entire process so much less miserable
0: especially when it's on like the fifth floor of some apartment complex mm-hmm. and you have to like keep going up and down. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I made a meme and I'm sure you, you shared it with Tritech and, and your other pages, Probably. But, but it was um it was from princess bride and it was like uh, you, you rush a miracle man, you get rotten miracles. Like when, when the supervisors <laughs> start being like, all right, yeah. Hey, crime scene, can we wrap this up? Like, hold on a second.
0: <laughs> I do remember that one because I hate that because like, listen, mm-hmm. I want to leave too. I yeah. am not drawing this out. Like you're, I assure, to any supervisor who's listening to this, if you are monitoring or in any way crime scene people, nobody is purposely <laughs> hanging on. We all want to get home and go back to bed, A. Eh? Right. And if it's during shift, we want to get back to the PD to get this evidence rolling, especially if you have to also go, to the sally port especially if you also have to go to the hospital for things like nobody is taking their sweet time we're doing (laughs) what we need to do and sometimes it takes a minute
1: right right exactly
0: yeah and Um, i mean that with loving kindness but fuck off you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) what kind of scenes so you said you like the violent ones yeah i do i mean that's that's why we get into it right i don't know anyone that you know just wants to work burglary cases and be a forensics yeah okay so let's talk about to our crime scene people that are listening sure what things would you suggest are the most important and um for them either as they are starting out um maybe they're they've been in it for a while what are some important things to kind of keep in mind
0: you know there is a woman who is really popular in the training world for crime scene. And one of her mottos is every scene, every time. And for the veterans, you know, I've worked with somebody who was in the field for quite some time. And this person could not give less F's anymore, mm-hmm. but they really liked the novelty of saying that they were a CSI. If you find yourself not wanting to do What you started to love to do like if you like are trying to get away from every homicide if you roll your eyes at every death if every single call-out pisses you off just stop because i've seen now two people of both genders by the way so it's like so we're all inclusively telling you that you're being annoying Mm -hmm. um it's time to stop like Mm -hmm. if you hate this job but you just like saying you're a csi it's 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 done because those two people were such terrible CSIs and based on the amount of training that they had and the education and the time in, I should have been learning so much from both of these people. But mm-hmm. instead, I just dreaded if that was my partner on a scene. So we all get a little bit crusty and cranky, but if it goes too far, it's time its time to wash your hands of it and respect your victims enough to, to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think because I've seen that go so poorly to the point where like evidence was severely damaged or lost or not even collected. Um, And then for the newbies. So I get this question a lot because I'm a professor of CSI. Mm -hmm. And if you are a member of this newer generation that is offended by a lot, please, please do something else. Everything that we do is offensive, pretty much. Mm, Like the way that we speak to each other in order to just keep a healthy mind. Like, of course, I'm not talking about discrimination, Of course, but nobody here has anything but less than thick skin. You have to have it. And you have to have resilience. Mm -hmm. And these students of mine think that they're going to have off nights and weekends. You should see their faces when I tell them about a call-out schedule. They're like, what do you mean? What if I'm out? then you're not out <laughs> anymore
1: right, or
0: yeah. some agencies make you sit at home during call out like that. And just because you graduate with your forensics degree does not mean that you're getting a job. You have to do things to set yourself above everyone else. If you're not going in as a sworn law enforcement agent um, officer, or you don't already have a relationship with that agency, You have to have something that makes them want to invest in you. And also you're not going to make any money being a CSI. So you better love this job. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells you that in college. You're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. It is the most amazing job ever.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What got you started in it? Why'd you choose forensics over anything
0: else? Okay. So that is actually a funny story. So I was in college and I was a nursing major because I've always really liked science and anatomy Mm -hmm. And just been kind of fascinated with, you know, like I have like the tinker gene. You know, I like to see what makes things work. And I like puzzles, like both cognitive puzzles and physical puzzles that you do on your tabletop. So I was a little bit eccentric in my first two years of college. And even though I was a nursing major, I was taking like art class. I was taking theater class. I was taking class kind of everywhere. And I just happened to plop myself down in a forensic psychology class. So i didn't really want to touch dead bodies because ew gross you know <laughs> right But I ironic found... coming
1: from a nursing student
0: i know right <laughs> i know i was naive okay i was like 18 right. i thought everything was going to be easy back then. right i was right, going to yeah. be right because i wanted to be a nurse in sss so i wanted to put people <sighs> to sleep so they didn't have to talk uh, to me anymore. okay uh, so <laughs> i found myself absolutely obsessed with the forensic psychology class I was in college athletics so I had excuses to like, miss class and I didn't want to go do the athletics. I wanted to go to class. So I thought, okay, like, let's just change my major and I'll take other classes in this major and if I like them, then we'll see what happens. Well, I ended up loving every single class Mm-hmm. Except for forensic microscopy,
1: what is that? <laughs> and
0: it's microscoped. It's literally oh, like oh, okay. being a lab rat. Next thing you know, I'm getting my master's degree, putting myself into a healthy amount of student debt, and <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. and dead bodies weren't so gross anymore. All of a sudden, they were interesting, and they all told me a story, and they all led me down. I I like crime scene, I think, because it's never the same. Right. And there's no right answer. I mean, there's wrong answers, but there's no one specific right answer.
1: Yeah, unless you, you know, get like a sworn confession or something. I, I agree. Cause you can go to the same overdose. Like the, where I work, mm-hmm. that's 90% of my call-outs are overdoses or traffic crashes. Um, which I love traffic crashes. Like those I are heard. <laughs> yeah, those are those are something. No, but I like I like the I like the fatalities. Like it's I think it's just insane some good ones yeah what what the body can go through through a car crash like you know oh, um, oh hold on speaking of people we know there's a he's he's from miami he's from south florida he mm. he like specializes in traffic crashes i can't think of his name right now i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to ask but he he did a um a study a case study at the conference i went to and he was talking about how seat belts don't actually save you and he, it, it was it was an amazing thing showing all these different traffic uh fatalities and saying hey man it doesn't matter if they're on or not because you, you could still die anyway it's i'm gonna look it up but
0: well, of course you can still die but i think it helps it, it, I mean, yeah he had
1: he, but here's the thing like i can't remember but he had he had figures it was it was pretty interesting um oh, i gotta remember his name He was like a. i
0: can't remember i'll, yeah, I'll, I'll look him up yeah. I'm not quite, I know a lot of Miami people, but I'm not, I mean, you'd probably have to say, say the name.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll find it. and I'll let you know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the overdoses, but yes, every single one of them is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, there's like always that wrench in it when the drugs are missing, you know, someone probably cleaned yeah. them up or whatever. And you're like, all right, I know this is an overdose everything says yeah. overdose, but where are the drugs? And it's just like.
0: <sighs> that. And I had a really, really weird death one time where this guy was naked in the passenger seat of his car that was parked in his driveway, not his garage. And he had like one of those like dick rings on, um, mm-hmm. what are those things called? You know what I mean? The cock rings yeah.
1: Cockring, around, yeah.
0: his, around his wiener, but his cell phone was nowhere to be found and neither were the keys to the car Huh. to this. Like I did everything, like everything. And there was there was just, it was the weirdest scene ever, because clearly something happened. He was clearly sure. not alone, <laughs> the phone is gone. <laughs> right, right. But the, there was no uh, trauma. And then like even the ME was like the cause of death was like relatively like natural. So I have this whole theory that he picked up somebody on like Grindr or Tinder, and that they were like fucking around in the car and he like just had like a heart attack and the person just freaked out and like stole uh, yeah. the phone. Uh Because of the connection to Tinder or something or Grindr Mm -hmm. or one of those hookup apps, I don't really know
1: anymore. But
0: because why else would this stuff be missing? Yeah, because he died of natural causes.
1: Right. That's what I was thinking. Like it probably yeah. was a heart attack like or something. The person
0: like. just was like, oh my God, I'm going to get blamed because I literally fucked this guy to death. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They're going to pull your Tinder account and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or if it was, if it was like grinder or something, maybe he was like gay on the right. low or something, you know? And
0: I, Well, I I think the reason why I said that, I think I remember that the roommate said he was gay. Hmm. Um, not that like, whatever, but that's the only reason i think grinder puppet into my head. Right. But I'm thinking it like, maybe, maybe the guy thing.
1: that took the phone was like, oh, I can't be found out. And you know, uh, so. yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I would, if I could imagine myself being like, oh my God, I'm going to get blamed for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just dip it out down. That'd be crazy. Now you also, you said you teach too. So you're, you're a professor. So how did yes. that come to be?
0: Well, when I was leaving my first agency, um, my mentor from FGCU reached out to me and she was like, hey, we need a crime scene investigation professor. Are you interested? And I was like, yup. <laughs> 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 because I was trying to get out of that particular place at the time. Yeah. And um, I always liked teaching. Like I was, you know, even through my tenure at that first PD, I was going into schools. I was trying, I liked teaching like little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I actually found out is way more fun than teaching college students. But mm. I love my college students and I hate them at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah I yeah. love them, but sometimes I'm like, wow, your mom be- did not believe in discipline, did she?
1: Or, death, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, um, yeah.
0: But uh, she did that. And then I just had a bunch of fun with it. So now I've been teaching at the university since 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been a wild ride. And you know because with the education you have to keep it fresh because the field is changing so much but i've found that all they really want to hear about is me tell them stories
1: (laughs) i was gonna say there's got to be a lot of like you know can we see Mm -hmm. dead bodies and and tell stories it
0: is and then because of covid the class had to be brought virtual which really Mm. i'm not a fan of because as you know um crime scene is not really very virtual compliant.
1: No, I mean you have to touch
0: and do. Mm -hmm. But we had no choice. So I did find a way to make it happen that makes me happy. Um it doesn't like I'm not like completely satisfied because they don't even pick up a fingerprint brush, but I did the best that I could with that situation.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: And I found that the the student I usually get pretty good feedback. There's always a couple every semester that think that I'm like the worst.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be with any bunch.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes when you tell somebody, no, they don't. Like yeah. It.
1: Right. <laughs> it's that lack of discipline thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny. Cause like whenever I get an email from like a parent, mm. I'm like, um, your child is 21 years old. <laughs> well, I pay their tuition. Okay. Your child is 21 years old. <laughs>
1: they're, they're responsible for their own grades at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So so you do that, you said you're going to try, are you still like in the process with UF or is that kind of dead in the water because of COVID?
0: Yes. So what happened is because I'm not currently at an agency, my crime scene certification with the IAI expired mm. and I don't want to pay for it by myself <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to get okay. recertified. So I'm essentially waiting for somebody else to pay for my certification because I can't fund it right now. Yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I've passed the certification exam, but it is not current. And UF wants me to have that, I think, in order to make me the main professor for a course, though Jason and I are kind of going back and forth about it a little bit because, gotcha. you know, I still am master <laughs> you right, know, right, yeah. Master degree, so
1: right. So it's, you still got that. I mean, that doesn't expire. So
0: yeah, yo, there is nothing on this planet that I can do wrong to have them take that away from me.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. My dad always said, you know, no matter what, you can't take, you know, education and and knowledge away. Yeah,
0: so. Doctor Hannibal Lecter, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also you work with Tri Tech Forensics as well, I or love you, that, you yeah.
0: Okay, so
1: mm-hmm. what do you do with them?
0: So technically, I'm affiliated with their training division. Mm-hmm. But what I do mostly for them is I run their social media accounts. So anytime you see anything on Tritech, it's me, which is I do a lot of sharing of 10, 8 memes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then sometimes I generate them myself. But usually the community of memes is just so generous, overflowing mm-hmm. of content that I don't really have to. Um, and then you will see me at... Like every IAI conference, um, and then the FDIAI conference in the booth representing the company, and then we've been going to the AAFS as well for the American Academy meetings, and you know it's just TriTech has been so ridiculously good to me. I started mm-hmm. with them when I left my first agency as well, so I started both of those two things, and you know they just make it fun to work for them, which is I mean you can't ask for anything more.
1: Right. That's, that's what you want from an employer. So yeah, that's great. I mean, yep. I, I was, I was working some scene and you know, something I've done a million times and I just mm-hmm. opened a package. I think it was a, a nail scraper kit or something. Yep. Like and I saw, I saw the tri-tech logo. I'm like, ah, how about that? Yeah, yep. and just went and, you know, I go on their website and I look at the trainings. I was like, well, I can never do that. So I'll just enjoy my, uh,
0: well, you can, the webinars I think are less expensive and you know, okay. don't forget, like, I mean, Phil will be so happy that i'm saying this because a lot of people find the the price point to be high but Mm. if there's a class that you want you can host it at your agency and they will Mm. give you a free spot for every 10 people that you enroll in it so there are agencies that have sent their whole csi team to class for free all you have to do is provide them with a classroom and they do everything else literally and phil um that's good to know it is good to know because you know, I understand that not every agency has the budget for training. Down here in South Florida, the agencies seem to be very generous. Like I've had, I mean, probably like over 500 hours of training, if not more, mm-hmm. just because like places want us to be current. Um, but Phil, um, if you email Phil at Tri-Tech USA, or if you can find him, Phil is everywhere. Phil is like mm-hmm. the OG of forensic training. Mm-hmm. Um He's really helpful for all of that. So like go through the tri-tech catalog, pick out something you want, talk to your people and host a class, you know, and then That's we cool. even promote it for you. Cause guess who promotes the class? So I can help you get registration. <laughs> there you
1: go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's not just for you, like literally anybody's agency can host the class if you want. And there's anything and everything from prints, blood, even mm-hmm. forensic leadership, courtroom testimony, whatever you need. I mean. I have zero stage fright in court, but I know that testifying is, you know, source of anxiety for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. A lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, it's that, it's that like mid to small scale public speaking. Mm-hmm. That's what people are usually terrified of. Sometimes yeah. it's the, you know, it's the big stadiums they don't care about. Cause you know, it's just like mm-hmm. dropping a bucket. But when you got, when you can see the people's faces like, Oh damn. Like that's.
0: Yeah. That's- and I think it's just an unpredictability of like what kind of defense attorney you're going to yes. get.
1: And, you know, when you when you get the good ones and they, they really start, like, hammering yeah. away at, at what you're doing and you're like, oh, shit. So,
0: Everything is a learning experience. I mean, even absolutely. on scene, like, I've had to fall on my sword before where I did mm-hmm. something that I could have done way better. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, we there is not a person in our field that exists that hasn't had a moment like that. But um, that's why that particular person said every scene, every time, because there is a little bit of guilt that is absolving when you know, you did your like absolute best.
1: Yep. And you know, like you said, you, you got to learn from it. You can't dwell on it. And that, that can be applied with everything obviously, Mm -hmm. but you know, specifically talking about crime scene. Yeah. What would you say to a crime scene tech, some like common mistakes that like are easy fixes?
0: Mm -hmm. Do ask for help if you don't know, because so when I, my first six months of crime scene were insane, I was Mm -hmm. fresh out of college and I entered a three person unit and within two months, all three of those people were out of the unit. And they assigned me, assigned a service aide who had zero crime scene education or knowledge to the unit. So it was me who was two months in, three months in and somebody who had no idea what they're doing. I called every agency. I called the sheriff's department. I called the ME because even though I had a background of education, I was insecure about Mm -hmm. my decisions. Do ask for help if you don't know. Ask somebody. There is every CSI I know is so giving and willing to help other CSIs. Yeah, like we I have a very that. good community of people. I mean, I've I've called somebody from Alabama and had them call me because I knew that he was like really good at that. And he knew I was good at bones. So he's like texting me pictures from Alabama. Like yeah. is this human or non-human? Like, <laughs> Like don't be afraid to ask other CSIs for help and do know when somebody is better at something than you and remove your ego from it. and yeah. also know when you are right if you know like without mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. arrogance attached to it. like I've had to go tit for tat with somebody that politically it wasn't a good idea for me to do that, but I wanted the integrity of my scene without, and I was willing to sacrifice a little bit of popularity for it. Right, right. You've so gotta, stay true to, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you got to like stick to your convictions and, and mm-hmm. you know, if you if you know that the decision you're making or whatever is, is mm-hmm. the right one, don't be swayed. That's such an important thing.
0: And don't be afraid to escalate it, even though we're all afraid to escalate it because you know why. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, you're the one that has to sit on the stand and testify to it. And if they absolutely insist that you do something that you know is wrong, put it in your report because I guarantee you nobody's going to like seeing I was instructed by this person to take this action. Put it in your report. Um, you know, I had like a really good quote. Let me think about what it was exactly. It was something like, be brave, be smart, tell the truth, but don't take any shit. I like and that. I, I like it too. It's <laughs> It was a really good one because it's important to be brave, be smart. It's important to tell the truth, but it's really important not to take any shit. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so as we uh, start to wrap it, wrap it up, start um, mm-hmm. reeling it in here. Do you have, what other tips would you give to our law enforcement side? Cause I feel like yeah. what I've noticed for this entire conversation is a, is a big misunderstanding from law enforcement to crime scene. Like there's just a, a lot of, a lot of, the community there's just a disconnect they don't understand so you know i really and a lot of my listeners are are cops so i I want them to really know hey first i think the biggest one we said is like hey we're on the same team help us out and whatever um but is there anything else that as we as we transition away you can be like hey guy (laughs) this is what you need to know
0: well honestly it just comes back to that like what you were saying and what we were addressing earlier like not only are we on the same team but like we all can make each other look good Mm -hmm. if there is that I don't like equal treatment like I can't tell you how it makes a person feel to be on their hands and knees literally going through grass to find tiny pieces of evidence or stepping in puddles of human shit and blood and urine and you're doing it all for the same goal and then like who gets officer of the month you know mm-hmm. so we have to accept that in our job but it, at the end of the day like you should make us feel like we are part of the team that did that so don't allow for the segregation to happen even the cop that like i said my favorite cops are the road cops sometimes and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a detective cuz it all ebbs and flows cuz everything changes sure it's it's kind of it's cycle it's a circle back to the same point um cuz i don't want to make it seem like it's a negative relationship, CSI and law enforcement, because it's absolutely not. Like, I love working with cops. I mean, hell, I married one. (laughs) Right. One of my mentors, I remember when I told him, I'm like, hey, I got hired as a CSI at this city. And he goes, oh, that's great. Don't sleep with anyone or they'll never respect you. Mm. (laughs) And at least it was only one. There you go. One and done. Then I was done. Okay. So I, yeah. So CSI, we love you cops. Just remember to love us. Okay.
1: Yeah, That's all you need. Is there any, anything else that you want to say about, um, crime scene in general? Um,
0: um it's not like CSI on TV.
1: Ah, that is <laughs> it's so true.
0: Like, it's not like CSI. Let me
1: tell you the the most frustrating thing, and I've seen it now on both sides as being a cop and as being mm-hmm. crime scene, the yeah. the most frustrating thing is lifting a pr- fingerprint. And you think this is the best fingerprint on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then you put it in and nothing comes back on APHIS. And you're like, come on, man. Like <laughs> for the longest time, no. I thought that our LPE was just like fucking with me. Just like saying no. it was no good print. And then it's, it's not. And she's like, no, it was a good print. It had all the points we needed, but there was no match. I was like, are you kidding mm. me? Like, it's just I know
0: so frustrating. Oh, but, you can work so hard and swab so much and do everything you can. And there's just no evidence and you can't make it appear out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. So. It's, it's very frustrating. And, and that's, that's good. Um, you know, we, we always, even cops say, Oh, it's not like CSI, but cops forget that too. At the same yeah. time, they're like, what do you mean there was no evidence? There's no evidence, Jack. What do you want me to tell you?
0: (laughs) I know. I've had some really big doubters where I was sure that, like, I was going to get a DNA match. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the situation very much facilitated to where it should have been the case. But, you know, if there's not enough alleles, there's not enough alleles.
1: Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I was thinking about, you know, saying keep us part of the team and everything... I, when I talk to dispatchers, they say the same thing. Like keep us yeah. up to date with like what happens on a big scene. Same thing. Well, I don't know how yeah. it is with you, but like if there's a crime scene and we work really hard and it's a big scene, keep me up to date with how the case is progressing. Like after I yeah. hand off the evidence and it goes to get processed and everything, that's it until my deposition comes in. Let me know what's going on. Like I had, I worked at a rape with a guy, a detective and step of the, every step of the way, he told me like, Hey, you know, we arrested the guy. We yeah. got this coming up. His, his defense attorney is doing this. Great. Keep me included in it. Cause it's my baby too. Like I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. Keep, keep us into it.
0: I don't know how it works for you guys, but like, we were always the ones that filled out the lab paperwork. Mm-hmm. And so I included my name on it.
1: Oh, that's good. So for yeah. us, it's all done through so we've got we've got crime scene techs, but we also have evidence techs and evidence clerks and they're the ones that right. fill all that out. And they'll oh, put Oh they do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll do the uh, they'll put the detectives on it because they run everything down to Orlando or wherever the uh testing. Will be.
0: All go to, oh god, we're lucky. Our lab is like 15, 20 minutes down the road. <laughs>
1: no, everything goes to Orlando for us. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So, but then when the results come back, unless you specifically tell someone like, Hey, put me on the return. Yeah. You don't get it so there's a lot of
0: yeah it's variants then. like see for us um our lab is really 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 particular about what they will and will not accept Mm -hmm. so you have to like generate an entire narrative about like why you're submitting it and why it meets codis qualifications and this and that and the evidence text didn't collect the evidence so Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know how to fill that out and the detective could and sometimes they do but a lot of times it's just easier for us to do it interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah like i mean for a while there again we were there was like a lot of aggression between like the local pds and the sheriff's lab because they were rejecting like everything like Mm -hmm. like homicide evidence they were only giving us 10 swabs really Mm -hmm. and that's not a lot when you've got like a scene that travels
1: yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and a major scene, you know, you can make yeah. way more than that. So Yeah,
0: so they would only let us submit 10, and then after those 10 were processed, we would have to, like, justify to them why we needed more. Mm-hmm. But then those 10 swabs took, like, however long to come back first.
1: Well, Laura, this was great. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed talking to you. Um, we are going to wrap it up, but okay. we're going to play a quick game. Oh, We're going to okay. play Signal 3. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. If you could identify as a sandwich, what would it be?
0: Um, a pub sub, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably either the Cuban one or the Italian one.
1: Okay, yep, those are the two that I go to all the time. I'm just going to so be publics. Yeah, of course. Boar's mm-hmm. Head, too, because this is payday. Yeah, but um, definitely the <laughs> head meet. yeah. Yeah. Uh, dream vacation destination?
0: Hawaii, I'm basic. Okay,
1: have you ever I've been I've been
0: around the world and I haven't been to Hawaii. I've been like, every okay. country, but not Hawaii.
1: <laughs> Got to get to it. Um, mm-hmm. What is your go-to day-off drink?
0: Either um, wine or a dirty martini with a blue cheese stuffed olive. Okay. All mm-hmm. right.
1: Very nice. Okay. What is one of your most embarrassing rookie CSI mistakes?
0: Oh, um, I had a car, a vehicular burglary, and um, I collected everything in the car instead of what was relevant. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of stuff. Like a lot. <laughs> and it was really like because it seemed so clear to me like once my trainer said it to me he's like laura you didn't have to take every thing in this car you only had to take (laughs) things that spoke to the crime scene i'm like because now that i've taken it
1: you can't put it right right so the the thing with that is i i did the same thing and i was always like oh well the burglar could have touched that he could have touched that like (laughs) yeah so let let me just collect the whole car so yeah or like everything out of the glove compartment why not you know
0: Yeah. It was just, it was like, so it was like a weird moment where I just felt like such a dunce cap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then you're, you're hanging up all these random sheets of paper. Like why, Mm -hmm. why, why do we need to do this? Yes. Um, what was your high school mascot? A warhawk. Oh, I thought you said a warthog at first. I was like, no, warhawk. Okay. Yep. Okay. with that. What's your favorite donut flavor?
0: Um, chocolate, with like the chocolate I also icing on top Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then sometimes pumpkin because I'm also still basic right of course that has to go with it right
1: (laughs) if you were walking into the biggest moment of your life what would be your hype song
0: well if I was high school me it would be that never scared song like do you remember that like every high school football game was never scared okay yeah yeah um but now I feel like it's probably more Tom Petty now I'm calmer now it's like oh okay Back down, you know. Okay. You can stand me up at the gates of hell. (laughs) (laughs) Very
1: good. I like it. Uh lost my there it is. What was your childhood dream job?
0: A teacher, actually. Okay. Oh, and an actress. I was gonna be a Hollywood actress.
1: Of course. Everyone was. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's cool that you get to kind of do at least part of it with the with the teaching. That's really cool.
0: All circle.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh what's the proudest moment of your career?
0: Ironically, it was uh, a moment before my official crime scenes career started. It was a uh, forensic anthropology case where a young woman had been um, beaten to death with a hammer and her head was in a lot of pieces. And um, her, I mean, I don't really know like where this case is, so I'm not going to get into the whole story of it, but basically she was love bombed by a guy so that he could rob her
1: Mm.
0: and at the time i was a young woman that knew what it was like to meet a cute guy and kind of maybe make irresponsible decisions so i connected with her story and i spent over two months putting her back together oh wow and it ended up being very meaningful to her family that even though she was not going to look you know well enough to have an open casket. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I like glued every like, little piece of her skull back together, and it was a lot of work. And I actually Smart. published on it on the ability oh, okay. to do that um, on cranial reconstruction, and like the materials and methods to do it. But I just felt that I made her mom and dad have a little bit less heaviness. Mm-hmm. And there are other really good moments, but since that was kind of the inception. Like at my early, it's just like one that sticks with me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Describe your significant other in one word
0: boy. <laughs> but I mean that endearingly. I don't mean that like condescendingly or rudely or to like disparage him. He's like a golden retriever puppy. <laughs> he's just always having fun. You yeah. Know? Of and smiling and just like he's just like the boy.
1: Yep. Okay. I mm-hmm. get that. If you could share a meal with one person dead or alive that you've never met, who would mm-hmm. it be and what would you order?
0: Well, I'm definitely getting lobster bisque with French fries and macaroni and cheese. Okay. And the person, oh, man, I feel like that changes throughout different stages of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's always like different interesting people that, oh, man, I said the answer quickly, but I feel like I can't answer no, that. No, no, you can think about it, this one. You know actually this like be cheesy. Like I miss my grandma a lot. Okay. But you said Can't never work. met. Damn it. You said yeah. never met. Yeah, I'd never met. Oh. Probably Marilyn Monroe. I just thought she was so cool. Mm-hmm. Or Audrey Hepburn, one of those groovy chicks yeah. that on the surface they looked like they were conformist and like, you know, ditzy and then underneath it all they're like these literal geniuses that
1: Yeah, yeah, these... we are
0: manipulating the people around them instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. something cool like that yeah I probably, I like that.
1: Oh. it's a good one i like it um yeah. if you were given a do-over what is something in your life that you would do differently
0: i would have gone to the police academy and then gotten into forensics so that i could have had a living wage <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fair. And, that's fair. and i would have gotten my master's degree after i got hired at the pd so that they would have paid for it instead of me
1: that's smart that's the that, right there
0: because student loans are, right, right, I mean, that paying that off was like one, one of the greatest moments of my life. So
1: mm-hmm. I've got, yeah. I think like two grand left of mine. So I totally yeah. get it. And I only, I'm only paying for one year. Thank you. Uh, but that's only one year. Everything else was <laughs> not loaned. I was like, never again. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite late night snack?
0: Well, if I'm being bad, Cheetos, mm-hmm. if I'm being good, like boiled peanuts, I mm-hmm. love boiled peanuts. Okay.
1: So southern. See, and I, I mean, I've only been down here like 12 years or so, but I still oh. haven't gotten into it. Oh, I love boiled peanuts. Can't do it. Can't do it. And it's the so last cool. question, if you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped with to help you get
0: out? Oh, definitely. My husband. He yeah. can do all that crap. can, no Jason problem. is like a diet Coke doomsday prepper, like, you know, it's <laughs> okay. like not a full doomsday prepper, Right. But right. like... N- all of that crap. And like tactically sound. And mm. we have every, I mean, we have our own arsenal, stuff like that.
1: So. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So you guys are set. Yeah. All right, Laura, this was great. Absolutely great talking yeah. to you. I appreciate you too. your time. Too. If anyone wanted to reach out to you or reach out to TriTech or anyone regarding forensics, how could they do it? What's the best way to do it?
0: Well, for TriTech, especially for training, definitely get a hold of Phil. You can go to tritechtraining.com or you can email him at phil at tritechusa.com for training. For forensic supply, it's just tritechusa.com. We have like all of like the forensic supplies that you'll need. Mm -hmm. And for me, like if you just thought that my personality was good, I'm on Instagram. Um, It's not very crime scene oriented. In fact, it's very like yoga and pink but it's a uh, Laura, Laura Zinni, So it's L-A-U-R-A-Z-I-N-N-Y. And um, because crime scene investigation is very much like yoga. I am a <laughs> I teach yoga <laughs> on private yoga through the computer now. So okay. you can go to laurazin.com and find me there too.
1: Perfect. All yeah. right. And we will definitely check you out. Thank you so much for your All time. Right.
0: Thank you. All right. We'll talk, talk to you to later. You. Bye.
1: All right. Alright, I am back. Once again, thank you, Laura, for that amazing conversation. Uh, I hope everybody, just like we did with the Dispatcher video a few months back, um, everyone can take away that, you know what, maybe we should keep our crime scene people more in the loop, take better care of them. Um, You know, and that that goes across the board. That goes to our records clerks. That goes to our property and evidence people. Um, You know, everybody, um, whether you're sworn or not sworn, we're all on the same team if we work for the same agency if we're on this side of the law right like and that goes for corrections officers that goes for correctional uh, nurses I'm looking at you remember we're on the same team stop trying to stop trying to blue falcon me I would even say that our correctional nurses are the biggest blue falcons out there but anyway I, I'm getting off on the tangent um this is kind of a trend that I've been talking about and I talked about it last week. We do this to ourselves. There's no reason to treat anybody that we work with with disrespect, unless they deserve disrespect. Um, but we don't have to be so negative all the time. So, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that episode. I definitely did. A uh, lot of great information about crime scene forensics and things like that. If you want Laura back, you know, if she wanted to talk, if you want her to talk about something specific, let me know send me an email send me an Instagram DM and I will uh, I'll talk to her and we'll get her back on um, you know she's just a wealth of knowledge and you know when I do these episodes and I've said this before I try to like paint with a broad brush and then if you guys want them back let me know and I'll we'll we'll hone it in we did that with Dr. D 2 weeks ago and you know we'll do that again if she comes back and, and so on and so forth so just keep that in mind as I have these guests on especially these guests with specialized areas of interest I would be happy to have them back. They're great people and great to talk to. So uh, we're going to be transitioning. We're going to kind of be wor- working towards the end here. Uh, episode's running a little late today. Um, but what I wanted to talk about real quick is... So I'm back to work. Uh, my, my week off of... Uh, or two weeks off of work is over. Uh, so at work, you know, I, I will say... You know, I've been keeping myself very busy uh, since I've been back, and that's kind of what I do when I get back from vacation to kind of fight through the post-vacation uh, depression or, or whatever word you want to use for that. Yeah, so I've been keeping myself very busy. Yesterday was crazy. Um, I had woken up, I want to say at like seven, and then I had doctor's appointments. I had I got a haircut, went to therapy, then I went to the gym for more therapy. Then I went to the golf driving range. Picked up golf, by the way. Yeah, happy Gilmore over here. And uh, then I went to jiu-jitsu. Then I did an interview for next week's episode, which I'll talk about in just a second. And then I went to bed. I was supposed to meal prep, and I didn't, so I'm doing it right now. I'm kind of doing that while I'm recording this. Um, and I'm trying to clean my apartment, which is just, at this point, just light a match. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. But let me tell you, work, people are just so silly, man. I got So, I, had to, I went to work on Sunday. And I had to go in early, uh, just a little bit early. Cause I had to, um, put gas in my vehicle before I went 10, eight. And so I leave my apartment and as I'm driving down the road, like I literally just pulled out of my apartment complex. Some lady flags me down. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I pull over and I'm like, what's up? And she's like, Oh, I'm so glad I found you. I was just about to call, but I left my phone at home. Okay. Uh, so, so by, based on that, I'm like, Oh, something just happened. Okay. So I'm like, all right, what's up? What's up? What's up? She's like, so three months ago, my apartment got broken into. I'm like, fuck, okay. It's just, and, and long story short, it was something that wasn't urgent. It wasn't necessary. She didn't have the necessary information. She didn't have her case number, if she even has one. Uh, and, you know, she was like, oh, I see that my, my property is at this pawn store. Can you go get it for me? I was like, no, that's not the process in this state. You need to go this, this, this. I tell her what to do. She goes, yeah, that's what the last cop said. I'm like, yeah, no, go away. listen, so someone once said to me, you know, cops, when we, when we blow people off in public, or when we make these jokes about people flagging us down, um, about something that happened eons ago, they're like, that's, what's giving people a bad impression of cops. And I say, nay, I say, nay, I will always stop and talk to somebody. That's fine. But don't waste my time at the same time. Like, especially if I'm on meal, that, that is sacred time. And that should teach people stop and by people, I mean police officers, stop eating in public. Stop that. Stop it. Meal prep, it's more cost-effective, and it's safer, and you don't have to get flagged down by people. Stop eating in public. Anyway, don't don't interrupt my time. And and if you are, I mean, meal time, but if you're going to interrupt me, at least make it important. Think of it, My my friend is a teacher, right? And she has this sign, and I can't find it, and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, uh times to tell the teacher you know and it's it's like you know is it hurting anybody is it true is it is it whatever and i'm like that's the times you call the cops and more importantly that's the times that you approach a cop when he is seemingly on a break right we were on a break right (laughs) i don't know guys it's it's just that just inspired a meme you guys just witnessed a meme being made in my brain anyway Um, that's, that's basically it guys. But again, don't, don't do it to ourselves. Don't make things worse. That's kind of the words to live by these days for me is, you know, we do this to ourselves. Um, things going on in my personal life and I'm seeing the police job in a different light than I have in the past couple years. Um, so just, just think of it that way. It's, I can't get into it yet, but being in this job for six years and then seeing it not from the outside looking in, I'm not, I'm not poorly made. I'm still a cop, but kind of looking at it with new eyes, I guess you could say, we, we really hurt ourselves more than we help ourselves in a lot of different ways. And a lot of it is counterintuitive, but you know, maybe, maybe we'll be able to figure this out sooner than later. But anyway, guys, that is the show for today. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate Laura for talking to me and her time. Um, if you like the show, rate it, review it, subscribe it, Share it to your friends, comment, let me know what you think. Uh, I really appreciate that. You guys have been reaching out more, and, uh, and I, I truly appreciate your feedback. I really do. It keeps me going. Simon Sinek, he, um, he has been a speaker that I've been really following a lot recently, and his big thing is know your why, find your why, and you guys, when you guys reach out to me and tell me how this affects you, it really solidifies my why. So, I appreciate that. Um, the music for today. I started the show with the new version of You by Real Big Fish. Then we hit you with some Ben Folds. Love Ben Folds. And, uh, and his cover of the Cure song, uh, In Between Days. Then we had Laura's uh, pick for a song, which is Won't Back Down by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Which, by the way, Real Big Fish covered. And it was a great cover. I almost did that version but I didn't want two really, real big fish songs in the same episode. Uh, not that you would have complained cause it's great, but that's neither here nor there. And we're going to end it in just a minute with my favorite folk band. Uh, one of the best bands I ever saw live, uh, the Avid brothers with kick drum heart. Let me tell you about them real quick. Uh, I love them. Um, when I was in college, me and this, me and my buddy played guitar and we played a couple of venues around here. And, uh, he showed me the Avid Brothers. He showed me the Laundry Song. Laundry Room song? Uh, laundry Room. That's it. I'm sorry. And we ended up seeing them in Gainesville for their, uh, their homecoming. And, you know, I don't like concerts where I'm away from the crowd, which is weird because I'm a cop and I hate crowds. Um, but I like being in the thick of it, right? I don't like sitting in the seats. I saw uh, Blink 182 several years back and I was in the stands. I didn't like it. I would have much rather been in the pit. Uh, but with the Avid brothers, being in the seats didn't matter. It was still an amazing show. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see them, check them out. They're absolutely amazing and they're going to be playing in just a moment. Next week, I have my friend Jason from Jiu Jitsu 5.0. We're going to be talking about just that: jujitsu. Jitsu why it's important for law enforcement, and why you should start training today. So be sure to look out for that next week. And we've got big things coming. Grady Judd is just around the corner. And uh, I know you guys can't wait to hear that episode. Thank you guys very much for checking us out. Check out the merch store. Check out uh, the Spotify playlist that I've been putting together. Check out, oh, the Cast 5 k challenge. Uh, running it in the end of July. 5Ks go to my Instagram page. Go to the link in my bio. Uh, I think the bottom link is the Nikki K5 5K, 5K challenge. Donate some money to it. And I will be running it. Uh, I think it's July 24th. So and check out his page. We are not we're not friends yet, but it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. Alright guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Y'all take care of each other. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. 10-8 out.